Welcome to the Down the Pub podcast. This week in part one of our Wanderers special, we're at the Celtic Corner chatting with some Wanderers fans about all things Wanderers, including uh, player recruitment and our highlights of last season. As always, you can join the conversation on Instagram and on Facebook. You can head to downthepub.ca to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. This week is a Wanderer special. I'm joined by some diehard Wanderers fans. Um, I was just wondering if everybody can introduce themselves. Start here and then we can just work our way around. Hi there, I'm Denton and uh, glad to be here. Mark Taren, Blueface Wanderer. Uh, Jess Wadham. Mike Campbell, 102 Crew. Chris Searle, uh, The Wharf 104, Missy Sun. <laughs> Alan McDonald. Okay. Uh, James Covey with uh, Privateers and uh, 109 Crew. And Andy Watson. Awesome. So thank you everybody for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's a Saturday. We've also got some beers. We're going to talk football. This should be a lot of fun. Um, so um, I'm just going to throw out one topic first and then we can just go from there. Uh, can everybody just tell me uh, what's their favorite moment from last season? Um, yeah, I went out to Ottawa to go see, uh, you know, the round of the Canadian Championship, and it was just a wild bash the whole time around. There was that wonderful, like, three-minute section where we actually were leading to nothing, and I was hugging people I'd never <laughs> met before. <laughs> I, 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 I was on the top of the world right then. <laughs> Didn't get to see the end of the game. <laughs> Um, well, I guess my favorite moment would have been when Akeem scored there. Uh, pretty big moment for us here in Halifax. I mean, it was definitely a party in the stands. I know everyone was cheering, and that's you know just always going to be a memory for me, and I think for a lot of the fans here. So I'm glad that uh, the club immortalized that moment by putting it in the uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely awesome that they did that, and I think. You know, people in 20 years are going to look back, whether the team is here or not, and just look at that moment and be like, wow, that was really something special we had on that one day. Not to cut you off, that's why I'm glad they did it while he's still playing for us and everything. Oh, absolutely. Because normally that stuff doesn't get recognized until 20 years down the road. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. special that they did that right away. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you and I had that little chat there on, on Instagram where, like, not only did it immortalize a memory, but the, Akim himself is now, oh, will always be part of Halifax, and I think that's something special. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right though. Like the the fact that like they've done it now, it, like they've got so many things right with their media side of things. Like they're really whoever does that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. facts come out and do it now rather than wait until the person will never be here again or whatever. So Except favorite moments. Yeah, so for me, like for mine it's another goal as well, but it was like technically our first on the road goal, but they didn't count it because it was part of the Canadian champion. Andre Bona's empty netter against Valor, where oh. the friggin' Valor keeper was chasing him down the pitch and couldn't catch it. Like, I rock Bona's number. I'm super disappointed he's not coming back, but I'm super happy for him, and that goal changed my life. I watched that on one soccer, and I, like, stood up in my living room, was just cheering like I was in the stands itself. I am so glad that he's got that goal. Like, you know, no one's taking that away from him ever. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like me, um, for me, I think it was the Ottawa game at Wanderers Grounds. Um, I look back, and I think the first few months of the season for me were just kind of wading into it, getting to know the players and the whole the whole deal at Wanderers Grounds, and just the fight that they showed in that game, even though it was three uh, two loss, I believe, but it probably should have been a tie or maybe even a win. No, that should have been a win. Yeah, bonus goal. The awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, for me, that just sort of locked me in, I think, as a Wanderers fan. I left the grounds, even though it was a loss, just being super stoked for the team and for the whole thing. And that was it for me, I think. Or hating Ottawa even more. Hating Ottawa even more. I'm really Ottawa. sorry they, they folded. I don't hate Ottawa as much as I hate that ref. The rumor organization was really good. Like, the rumor is, is that Miami City actually bought everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's oh, image rights. Player rights, first uh, refusal. I don't know what it is, it's, but it's more like the like the the, the franchise, the structure, like, like, the license, if you like, like the right to be in the league and have a in the league. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So did all the players fly in clubs, or are they all? Some, no, some of them have signed on with uh, CPL teams. Oh, that's good. But not all of them have been taken up yet. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah, it's good and bad, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, Chris, you're next. Right? Yeah, mine actually. That was my moment. Was the Ottawa game. Um, it kind of put Halifax on the national map, football-wise. Finally, even though we kind of already were. Um, not a lot of people know that, like, I think it was Western won nationals a couple years ago, and like the culture was already building. But that Ottawa game, it was a team that wasn't in our league with the history and the prestige. They played it at a higher level. Their fans were like, oh, we're, we're better than these guys. We're going to walk in there and win 5 0. We represented the league, I felt, with class. And I mean, all the teams that competed against the MLS sides and the USL sides um, showed a lot of pride, a lot of class. Um, and it's not really so much a moment as much as it was that whole game was really the confirmation for me like Mike said that this is a real thing and we're actually going to compete at a high level so that the whole feeling of that Ottawa game even though it was a defeat there was a lot on the other end of that loss that it's makes it feel good. And then, and then, and then like, we, uh, who mentioned Ottawa? Um, when De- Denton asked or mentioned about Ottawa, that trip up there, we went up there with no fear um, and it almost turned into a result. So it was really cool seeing how we could take that result and bring it to that next match with our backs up against the wall, with everybody against us. Um, yeah, I guess not so much a moment as much as just the feeling of that game. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll just add that I was talk, I talked to a, a Fury fan at uh, halftime. He was down. There weren't, there weren't many of them there, but I just said, you know, good, good for you to come down and all that. And uh, he was so smug about the game. I think he was going to be four one. We're missing this guy. We're missing that guy. It's going to be four one. So it's going to be four one. Yeah. So, so to that guy, I want to say at least we still have a club. <laughs> 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 I think we'll see them this evening. Yeah. Like oh. they might have like suspended their operations and the OSEG guy made a, a statement yeah. that that's it for soccer for them. So it's if, if he's gonna be Ottawa, it's gonna be a new ownership. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really weird situation in Ottawa where they've broken the trust with the fans yeah. a couple times already and now the fans aren't coming back. They're literally supporting other CBL teams. Like I know some people that live in Ottawa that actually support York because it's geographically the closest and they want to be a part of this, but they're like, even if Ottawa's back, we know who's involved, we don't want to be involved in this. So we should make uh, expansion speculation a topic to come back yeah, to. Yeah. That's good. Oh, we will. Mine was, uh, I think it was a cup match, I'm not sure. It was It was against Valor, and uh, Oxford played really, really, really well. I think they won one nothing. It was a, I'm not sure if it was a Monday or a Wednesday, it was like a midweek one. Um, that was my favorite moment. I went to the Ottawa one, too, when they drew. Peter Chalet played really good because uh, it was like the rumor started then if he was going to go back to CBU or not. He played really good. Well, I'm really happy that you know that they, they kept them on this year. Yeah. That was a big win. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that if we didn't bring Shaw back, the fans would riot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would have torched City Hall. <laughs> he went to a higher level. Which is where yeah. I was yeah. like, when I saw him at his, when CBU played SMU. Um, I went to cover the game with you sports, and I said to him after the fact, I said, I'd love to see you back, but if I don't, I hope it's because you made it. And he gave me a smile and a hug, so Aww. I figured he was back. <laughs> well, the, 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 the video that they they did, the two oh, players, was, was, yeah, was yeah. awesome. Like you were saying, the media, that, <laughs> yeah. that was well done, very well done. I, I do want to say one other thing about uh, Alan's moment there. Like, like you said, it was one of Christian Oxner's first big games and I mean looking back yes we all you know like yes he's our keeper that's fine but at the at the start of the season you know it was Jan Michael the front and then they were kind of giving the cup game to Christian Oxner as the the second string to yeah. hold his own and yeah that was one of the first times where we thought you know like we could all kind of breathe a sigh of relief like oh yeah like don't worry this kid can do it I, I also think that at that point because you were mentioning Jan Michael yeah. like he, he the difference between Christian at the beginning of the season and you know midway through and towards the end of the season was is incredible because like Jan started out really strong he did really well um, and then as he was passing on his knowledge to Christian you could clearly see Christian was becoming better and better and better and better and so like and then exactly and then it, it'll be very interesting to see Christian at the start of this season and at the end of next season you know we're all hoping that maybe you know Team Canada or someone notices him and maybe he'll get the call up I mean that'd be huge for us I mean he, he's he's a phenomenal keeper and he's only I, I don't say so. like for the national team um, I, I really like the fact that they've 
taken some players from the CPL, yeah. they're not ignoring it. Right. It's huge, mm-hmm. I think, for the league to actually become relevant is that they're actually taking players. And it's honestly only good for the league or for the national team because if you're going to ignore your domestic league, you might have some hidden gems, moves moves to America, moves somewhere in Europe where they're dual national and then you lose them. So this is a really good way too of keeping some of those dual nationals yeah, that, that kid at uh, Chelsea, Tomori, like I mean, like he's Canadian. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like, you guys have lost them, but it's uh, still like there's there is those gems there that you just need to unearth. Like, if this was even a year or two ago, this time of year, like the friendlies that they're organizing for January with a bunch of players of European sides kind of tied up and injured, like you would. This is this is a Canadian tradition, as you see a lot of players pop up from unattached FC. Yeah. And, and that is, and that is just never going to happen anymore. It's just not even on the radar. Uh, so that is like a big win for the CPL already. Big time. So uh, James, you're... so it's, it's funny because I thought that my my top choice would get taken by the time it came around to me. So I was like scrambling to think of a couple more, and my 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 alternates were. Uh, Elton John paying tribute mm. to, oh, to Jacob you know, uh, Jason Romano uh, yeah. Jason Marka yeah. so that was, I didn't elaborate on it that was that was, that was a very uh, Jason. yeah that was that was that was a moment of like just real meaningful connection between the supporters and the fans I thought a much more fleeting moment that also had a really kind of continuing effect on the fans was the first time that Mo did his like cranking up the yeah. crowd yeah. thing yeah. that was honor. And it was like suddenly the players had permission to do more of a direct interaction with the fans, and that just became a thing this well, year. So I've seen the guys standing yeah. in the kitchen is like, yeah, I'm sure we'll stick a lot of people yeah. so that, for that yeah. too. <laughs> so that was huge. But the one that I thought was going to get taken by now was just Luis's goal from our, our home opener, uh-huh. yeah. because I just that is so locked in my memory. Um, does, it, does anybody else sit in 104? I'll cut you off. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, sit in 104 because like the lead up to that penalty. There wasn't a button seats. You could hear everybody. Oh, here we go! Here we go! Here we go! And then we scored. But yeah. But I'm thinking the home opener. So that wasn't a penalty. Oh, never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Yeah. What we're leaving is just like ah, <laughs> Now I know what you're talking. That was, yeah. No. That was that was the one where it kind of spilled his way. And I just I don't know. Like I, I sort of remember it just kind of flashing through my head that this is a guy who knows like when there's like a split <laughs> second opportunity to just grab the ball and, and, and punch it home that this is a guy who can do that and then he just went to it was I, I felt like I could feel his eyes lighting up from from the, from the stands you know it was that kind of moment that just seemed to go on forever even though it was like a second or two he, the way the crowd erupted on that and then it ended up being the winning goal that was insane but with him too I find that like when you look at him play he was always very like calm and collective so like, every time he went up to, to take a PK like he, j- he was just so cool about it you know what I mean like he, just very casual about the whole thing everyone in the stands would be quiet and all of a sudden ball in the back of the net everyone around yeah. it right so yeah I hope, there, I hope there's someone moment. in this year's lineup that can take PKs half as well as wow. Luis or uh, Mo mm-hmm. to jump back in on your comment about Mo there and like the first time that he asked for the crowd to hype him up like yeah a really cool moment worst moment of the year McNaughton Oh my god. I wanted to jump over the stands. Oh, that was not cool. So, if any other CPL players end up listening to this podcast, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some CPL trivia for you. Lucas McNaughton, the first CPL player my mom ever booed. <laughs> there we go. We have a, they have this old saying up at the Citadel because there was an employee once upon a time, and so they call him McNaughton the Brave. Mm. And so when that happened with McNaughton, this, the footballer, I was like, oh, you're brave, boy. <laughs> Let's just call this one. McNaught on. Yeah. Ah. There we go. There's the sound point. I'll say another thing about uh, I'm way down at 102, so it's sort of uh, first number of games. Um, after the game, the 
players would sort of approach the main stand at the middle and sort of wave at Chris and uh, and then proceed down to the kitchen. And Mohammed was the first guy to sort of head down towards the other end and clap the fans at the other end. Yeah, so good, good. Yeah. He knows. I don't know if any of you guys have ever told him that, but he knows how much you guys appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. Because, I mean, him and, him and Alex both specifically, I thought, were really keen to yeah. make sure that everybody yeah. felt like they were included. Yeah. So they got them guys know for sure, man. Yeah. It's also kind of a weird setup, right? So far from the rest of the the stands, like if it was like a stadium in Europe, it'd be easy. Like you could just kind of you know turn around. And at times here, you got to like run down. And yeah. At times there are away, away fans there, and the other teams kind of yeah. run down and clap their way from yeah. So it's a bit of a Try to still fuck them. So my favorite moment was a uh, was a little bit more personal. So my nephew was here from BC uh, for he's like five or six and uh, I was working and I came home from work and my wife had brought him to one of the games and seeing his face when he came back in after the game and how much fun he had and how much he wanted to go back the next day just tells me everything that's about the Wanderers like he he was in the kitchen uh, which I don't know how he wasn't trampled on but uh, he, he survived I guess he's a ginger so he probably stood out a little bit he learned a few um, he went back to BC with a much wider broader vocabulary so <laughs> but uh, it, to me that's like everything about the Wanderers is like he had a great everybody's inclusive everybody's making sure that everybody's having a good time and he also got to see a football game and he loved every minute of it so um, thank you guys because that's you guys are the ones who make it that way right so Andy? Um, I guess my favourite moment goes back to the opening day. Um, just growing up in northern England, my local team, Darlington, I just remember going to the pub before the game and then walking down to the to the ground. And I was like, this, how can this compare? Like, it's not going to be the same. And obviously, I've lived here 10 years and I've been to the hockey, I've been to other sporting events, and it's just not the same. So I was, me, I'm obviously met Anthony, we... We had our tickets, and I was like, "Well, we'll we'll give it a go, and we'll see what see see what it's all about." And wow, just like the work that the guys did behind the like the like behind the the um, yeah behind the scenes there before like long before the season started, just getting everything ready and getting building the fan base. It was really incredible because just walking down to this like down to the ground and just hearing the kitchen singing, and it was like a really good atmosphere, and it and just yeah and yeah it was. Uh, yeah, so just just the whole whole kind of game of football was obviously they won and it was a drizzly day. It's like a mist, and I remember, and it was just I was like, this could go really badly, or it could uh, it could be the start of something special. And yeah, it was just one of those things that you look back on the first season, and that's how you wanted to start the start yeah, the season. I, 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 it's a bit mean that you're prejudiced against Canadian fans, but whatever. No, no. I've ignored England. That's why but it's so cool. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's, it's realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we had a professional team here before, yeah. and the, we had no clue of, of global football yeah. culture that first time around. So there was just no atmosphere in yeah, those games, it, right? So a lot has changed just in the... The mobility of a bunch of yeah. football traditions, but yeah, and I, it's I, and I guess the the other moment that was really up there was remember those kids? I think we were playing oh, yeah. York Nine or something like, and they were given absolute. There was like three away fans, and they were just giving them absolute banter. Like, <laughs> had them going all the all is the game. One, is that the game we got moved? I know, we, <laughs> I know, in Valor. So we were sitting in the kitchen. They were playing. Uh, I believe it was Valor, and we we're just there. And there was three guys up front down in the beer garden. And every oh, time, yeah. Guys. And then they were they were just you know making a ruckus. They were doing like you know gestures towards the kitchen and stuff like that. Eventually, we oh. ended up getting booed. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh wow. So anyway, so security came. And security <laughs> let them stay. And then security left. And then they were doing other obscene gestures. So security was called. And they eventually got kicked out. But uh, oh, wow. I guess another highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be moved. Same game where the player kicked the water bottle over. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird game for some reason. Like all around. So I brought my wife to that game, right? And she was not. So she's like, "What's this going to be like?" I'm like, "It's a fun time, you know. We're going to go to the bar. We're going to drink a bit, and then we're going to do the march to the match. So hold this flag." We went up. 
going to the match and she's she's all right you know she's kind of having a good time but you can tell that she's not really into it and then we got booed and she just went off and she <laughs> so yeah it was uh, definitely a fun time i think for yeah. everyone in the game so i match. already have like my title music for this i saw the hole of the moon <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> So, um, I, I guess like the big topic for everybody uh, is recruitment. That's uh, it's the thing that most people are talking about. Like we're down to how many players now? Nine, ten. Jeez. Um, we have been talking. You've been trying. Yeah, I know. I really should. Off the top of my head, um, we got thirteen. Two draft. Yeah. Yes. Thirteen. So yeah, thirteen. Two so, draft rights. Yeah, you know, two. Two. two at the bare minimum, we need eight more. Okay. Oh, I, I think I'd say we need at least ten to twelve. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I expect ten to twelve yeah. more. And and looking at who we've got so far, my sense is we've got six, like for the starting eleven. Yeah. So I think we should expect a minimum of like five more very significant announcements because I think there's like five more like expected yeah. starters so to be announced. What about uh, you know? Midfielder from Valor. Do you I think that's confirmed? Because uh, you know the the, the the source is like so. I haven't gone and kind of nosed around the club or anything, so I can't <laughs> I, I can't like give you any like inside info on this. But, well, but, but just look, looking yeah. at the sources, like it looks like a pretty strong rumor. So yeah. uh, Chris uh, looks like uh, the yeah. cat that swallowed the canary. So I bet he's sitting on some information. Yeah. Right now. Not like that. No, <laughs> uh, he swallows lots of canaries. That's the truth. That's the truth. Um, Being from, best friends with half the team. From what I. <laughs> <laughs> From what I understand is that there is nothing official, um, but the rumors have been going on since August, and I'm not going to name drop a player, but one of the players on the team last year told me that he loved Halifax, um, oh, wow. and it was always kind of in his mentality and, and in his future to at least consider Halifax, and I think that the rumor might have taken off from that initially. But he's not with them, as far as I know. The um, so the source that first reported him coming to Halifax was that um, the French one? No, Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his, his the source for him is you, according to my sources is very very reliable. Yeah, in terms of understanding too, posting right? and yeah. keeping people up yeah. to date in terms of Valor football players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so once again, the club hasn't made an official announcement, but. You know, when when a, a reputable source is saying something, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. You know, you get happy for it because it's hard to be a football fan. Though it's like debating like, silly season, yeah. what they call it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's January season. now, and it's like, and, and with our league, it's so different too. Because I I actually thought that um, our league's transfer window opened on January first as well, but I was told it was the first week of February. Oh, oh wow, yeah, which kind of surprised me. But I think. The January 1st transfer window is like an international transfer window. Yeah. So anybody who's unattached can sign with whoever they want to, which is why we've seen like Zach and, and Luis sign with the team, uh, Ida sign with the team. But some of the names that you haven't seen moved yet, you wonder, is there maybe a tab there still that this next month is going to fill in that blank? Okay. Um, I'm even of the opinion potentially, and I mean, this isn't any inside knowledge, this is just my opinion, that some of the guys that have been let go, there could be a possibility that one or two of them will come back. One thing to consider is that I personally would take any sort of intra-league transfer rumors, as always, with a grain of salt, because everyone's on a salary cap, and you know, from the perspective of a career, like you're not improving your career by going from one CPL team to the next, mm -hmm. unless you're absolutely sure you're going to get a lot more minutes and a lot better fit. Um, I'm not saying that it can't happen. It's already happened once, but even then uh, it was uh, Jose Hernandez going from Pacific to Cavalry. Yeah. And you can kind of tell it was kind of uh, an arrangement of convenience uh, in a way. You know, um, it's nothing that's going to shake, you know, the foundations of either team. Uh, but yeah, for the rumor that we're talking about, uh, LBG going coming to Halifax, yeah, that that would be considerable. So, I, I just think that myself is that, you, as you said, that they're probably waiting until the end of the transfer window, and then people will probably get resigned. But when they kind of know their budget a little bit better, yeah. um, you, you wonder like these university guys that are bringing in, how much they're actually being paid. It's kind of could probably get some more cap room. Yeah, I would I would say my my sense is it's 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 more likely that if some unforeseen thing happens, they go back to that kind of pool of players. So um, yeah, I, I kind of think they basically know who they've 
like <laughs> hopefully when, when, yeah when, when, when hopefully the plan I, 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 think, I think they've got they've likely got you know 21 or 23 signatures at this point you know I, I, I think you might see one or two more returnees if, if something shakes out differently but but uh, and yeah. I talked to some of the players at the beginning of the season as to you know the whole Halifax type thing and a lot of the players in the league also kind of seem skeptical of Halifax in terms of a football fan base and how it was all going to be done so like now because that's why they went to like if you look at Calgary and Edmonton and you know like Vancouver even though I think it's in technically in Victoria and York they're all next to big big populations yeah. and then you have Winnipeg and Halifax which are smaller populations so they didn't think that that football culture was going to be there and then Maybe this is the case for the rumor that we're talking about, where they're like, "Oh my God!" Like, this look at this city, look yeah, at the fans they have, look yeah. at the atmosphere that they bring to the games. Well, and every single team said that they like, apart from their home team, their home pitch, Halifax was their favorite because of the energy. Like even Jan Michael, yes, in his podcast, which dropped a couple days ago, here he was like, "Have you been to Halifax? You can feel the energy in your bedroom in the morning." Yeah. And I love that yeah. about our city because so many people weren't expecting anything out of us. And we were all like, hey, nope, super fans. Even the commissioner of the league said that Halifax was, you know. Howie and I walked with him during amazing. A, a, match, a march to the match. And he yeah. was just like, like all of the other marches that we've been to have had like 15 and 20 diehard supporters. And we're like shutting down streets, essentially. <laughs> And we don't shut, yeah, we don't shut down the street, unfortunately, for the march to the match, but maybe that's... We're getting there. To come, oh, man. To come. You guys hold cars that Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have done it. We have done it. I think it's awesome. So, sorry, we haven't shut down the streets legally. <laughs> sorry, HRP. Yeah. We'll ask you next time. Yeah, the problem is we're all just so polite that we just naturally wait for the cross lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Strong, strong to the match. Yeah. <laughs> Touching on the supporters for a quick second, too. Um... The new lacrosse team that just started mm-hmm. out. It's in 2007, when Halifax hosted the World Lacrosse yeah. Championship, the attendance was so great. They they knew like eventually we want we want to get the the market here. The World Juniors that are happening right now, up until when Halifax and Sydney hosted in 2003, it was like a small scale tournament. Now like PSN, like Sportsline, all these other big networks. A lot of people don't give that tournament the credit that it deserves for actually changing the corporate beast that is the world juniors because yeah. they came to again small market they're thinking well maybe we'll sell five thousand tickets a game the scouts are going for two two fifty yeah wow. for that for that wow. that game against was it russia i think yeah oh yeah, yeah it was russia yeah, yeah i mean two fifty was probably low i just remember what i paid for a ticket so <laughs> yeah my yeah. point is just like there is a strong like sports base here um for the population yeah yeah, yeah big yeah. time like we like the news heads like our mm-hmm. like the memorial yeah, but if you look at those yeah the memorial yeah. come 2000 and then again yeah. last year yeah. and if you look 2003 yeah. rural juniors prior where their host was it was lots of, like czech republic Slovakia, sweden and now it's like since then after halifax like going up to saskatchewan regina and then went to vancouver now it's montreal toronto every time edmonton calgary so so obviously they've brought in some some players so what do we think of the standard of guys they've actually brought in um, certainly enjoyed the alessandro rigi highlight reel yeah that was awesome yeah, yeah. looking forward to seeing him play yeah i mean i think rigi's the only new guy who's a starter yeah you know so you don't think cory metal start no. Is it Ringy no. or Ringy? Really? No. I figured Corey Ben was starting yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he'll be really surprised with his Oh, I, 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 here's my ex- expectation this year. Our starters will be generally upgrades. Our depth players will generally be upgrades. Yeah. So I, like, I, I, you know, I definitely have, like, high expectations of the people we brought in so far. But if, when I kind of sit down and, like, break it down and what's a probable starting 11 and I think I think we've got six of those pieces so far and the only new one is Reggie and I know you said I love Ben the kid is incredible but I'm not entirely confident starting the season with him as a starter either maybe not starting the season but eventually I think he might end up being one of them like like Insa start of the year yeah. little shaky by the end of the year holy crap how do we actually put this like the other thing too is that like Peter's been playing with him for the past what four yeah. or five years so I imagine Peter's going to go to bat this is right there's there's a chemistry I find with these new signings, and I, it was kind of that same direction last year. A lot of the guys played in the same academies, had a lot of the same coaches, same kind of backgrounds and stuff. It feels like they're going with that same kind of structure this year, but it's less 
less the guys that I already have an establishment and more fresh start, clean slate kind of guys. So to your point, it's kind of true that the, the expectation should be that every position on our club is going to improve from last year. So we have a really good, solid squad right now. Like uh, we're talking about who could possibly be a starter. I think Sissoko could almost walk in and take over. Be <laughs> the training camp, for example, he's the perfect person to be behind, like a Rampersad and, and whoever else we sign in midfield because he's a no-nonsense, strong tackler, good communicator. So uh, there's there's an unpredictability, too, with players that we've already signed. Maybe Bent ends up being world a world beater, and he got him and Garcia on the wings with Rigi up front and someone behind him. It might work out, but... To, to JC's point, I would love to see a little more quality brought in just for that security, that insurance, in case a bent in June is kind of having that first year professional. Um, it's a huge step up. You're right. Big time. Yeah. Big time. And and I think that if we we were just talking about, I think that we're definitely going to sign eight more, but I'd like to see 10 to 12. We had the depth last year, and we had players that could play multiple positions. But something like fitness, for example, ended up becoming an issue where we had a squad of 24, 25, but we could only actually play with 16 or 15. That really minimizes the options. So I would like to see um, the roles be a little more concrete rather than, oh, someone's hurt, let's throw this guy here. Someone's hurt, we'll throw this guy here. And I know Steven had no choice last year in some cases, so I'm not criticizing him, but I think that that's where they should be preparing the recruitment a little bit more this time around. So is it the is it the club who does recruitment, or is it Steven? That That's a great question. Um, they have a scout um, on staff. I'm not actually sure of his name. I did a little bit of research on him a couple of weeks ago. I know. <laughs> well, that's actually more so my brother. I know with you. My brother is, is uh, I sound like I'm your football manager experience, right? <laughs> I'm in year three, and we're in the Canadian Championship semifinal against Toronto FC. So, um, no, it, it, from what I understand, uh, from the first year, I think it was really, really motivated by Steven. I mean, you had the guys from the Trinidad, guys yeah. I played with him before, and a lot of the guys that came to the team that played in the Impact Academy and stuff all played for coaches that Steven had worked with in the past. So I think there's a lot of connection with the first year, but I think that they probably did their due diligence over the last calendar year to actually send scouts if they have them to check out some of these guys that have been playing new sports because these Montreal players, I didn't see them until nationals. And then once I watched them at nationals, I was like, holy crap. There's also good quality in sports. Um, amazing quality in sports. Working, working for them this year, I only did a couple of games at SNU and Dow, but working for them this year, I was shocked by how high quality the AUS was. And I hope that that's kind of our focus going forward over the next two, three, five years. Like, I'm not a big fan of the way that obviously American sports rely that much on college stuff, but I feel like you're right here. There's actually the qualities there. And there's a lot of players like like Christian, for for instance, yeah. that probably have got left like looked over uh, if it wasn't for the Wanderer. So, like shout out for everybody else looking over him so that we could have him know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly. Right? <laughs> and it's like it, it, but, like the good thing is obviously he's from here, which makes a big difference. But like the quality's there, and it's just a matter of like them uh, finding, that talent, yeah. yeah, like looking for them. Um, I, I I think that like last year, them depending so much on the. Guys from Trinidad, like I, I think it was a bit of a mistake. I felt like a lot of people just thought he was just filling the team with his buddies. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that once the, the team wasn't going, was going through a bad patch, that was kind of being level at the store a little bit. Yeah. Um, I can see why he did it because obviously you want to play, you want to have people that you, you think you can depend yeah. on. Um, so this is a big year for Steven, I think. Huge. Because I mean, when people look at his history, this is his first club. Like this is his first real club. Like he's got the international experience, the university experience and experience kind of as a director more so than actually a manager. This is his first real club. So I don't want to say he's got an ego, but he's got a little bit of one. I know that it's, this is probably tearing at him oh, as much as it's tearing at us, trying to figure out and predict and plan next season. Um, I don't envy him at all, not in the slightest. And I mean, you guys know I've been critical of him over the years and you and me have had conversations where you kind of eased me into alright I'm on Steven's side okay I'm on Steven's side with, I'm on Steven's side with this once the season finished and I kind of unwinded yeah Steven did a great job well, all things considered yep. but I think that this is this is a, a make or break 
potentially for his career in a sense that people are going to look at his resume and be like, hey, look what he did in Halifax. He had all those struggles that first year, second year, even if he gets us up to fourth with a fit 500 record. You can't do any worse. And I I think he learned a lot too, right? So like when you're, when you're used to managing, you know, a national level team, it's very different than managing a club team, right? Um, so I think he learned a lot last year and I, I, you can see this year in the choices that he's made on who he's kept and who he's let go. He, there's been that impact of, okay, you know, like what are we looking at right now? What do we need to do moving forward? And I think at the end of this year and, and by the time that we see all the signings, I think a lot of people, cause I know a lot of people were, were very upset with some of the players that he let go. Um, because as I've pointed out to you before, like we don't have that chance in, in, in a lot of professional sports teams to have that one-on-one interaction with a lot of the players. Like, you know, you can't go to, to the Spurs stadium and walk up to, to King Harry Kane and be like, hey, how's it going, you know, and, and have that conversation. Security would love to shoot him. No, exactly, right? Like, you... So, like, you know, you can't you can't go to, to Villa Park and walk up to Jack Grealish and have a conversation, whereas here in Halifax, like, as Chris, you and your mom have had, you've had them over for dinner, right? So, you, like, you wouldn't see that anywhere else, really. So, I think that, you it's know... It's a gift and a curse. Right. The curse being, you know, you... you Everybody hear, else kind of hates you right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that's, that's kind of the thing, too. When you talk to the players and you get their opinions, it is only one side of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if any of us are bosses, for example, at our jobs, but, you know, that's the type yeah. of thing where... Sure, your employees probably go home and talk crap with their oh, absolutely, their wives, but they have to come back. To work yeah, like I mean, it's it's you always have to be careful if you get into business with your best friends, exactly. and in a way, that's inadvertently the problem that the Wanderers have, yeah. and that Stephen Hart has. That well, now you've got you know twenty three best friends on your staff and, and uh, on your roster, right? And that's kind of like what I was leading to is like the fact that you get connected to these players, right? So like you know you start hanging out with them and you start seeing what they're like, you know, on the pitch and maybe more of like as a celebrity walking down the street and they're stopping off and having a conversation with you at Walmart Mm -hmm. or at the beer store. So like you get attached to them very quickly, but then at the end of the season when they didn't perform to their best or the coach feels like somebody else was better and they get let go, you kind of get hurt. You're like, well, shit, like, you know, fuck. (laughs) So, and then you get... Yeah, Anthony. Do you think there's a correlation between you meeting them at the beer store and then sucking? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Well, to to be fair, um, what's his... uh, Oh, the guy's here. Um, Chris had one of the best performances of his career after he had some of mom's food, so I know a couple of guys are coming by after. But that's the... the, Right, so you get attached and and then they leave, right? And so you kind of get this butthurt thing, but then you got to kind of take yourself back and be like, okay, why was he let go? Um, who's he going to be replaced with? So you got to sit here and wait and be like, okay, I understand the decision that that Stephen made. You know, and you, you know, you still it sucks oh, yeah. when you see someone let go. Like when you know Bona hasn't signed again. And I'm, you're I'm pretty sad about Bona, yeah. But the the number one like not re-signed player that really shocked me was Secunda. He was our first wanderer. I couldn't yeah. believe we didn't bring him back for round two. Like I feel like he put up as much as he could for the playtime he got. But that's just yeah. me. I'm not as technical as the rest of you guys sitting around the table. I mean, the other thing too is Sukuna because you know I love watching yeah, him play. I got his jersey. He was an awesome guy to talk to. So. Um, it, it kind of sucked in the sense because if you look at where he's played in the past, he's a defender. Hart was playing him in the midfield. Sometimes he was bench. So I feel like he wasn't really given the opportunity that. Wasn't might have been deserved, but then we don't know what's we don't know what he's like at home. What what yeah. is he eating? How is he training? How is he prepping himself for games? Uh, How is his attitude during the training sessions? Right, there's a lot of things behind that. Does he blister every time he trains? Does he get air sick? We were talking about this yeah. before the podcast. So if he pukes his guts out on the plane on a six hour flight, I would lands needs to train the next day and then play a match the day after that yeah. he's recovering from blisters he's re- like not necessarily Secunda yeah. specifically but any player you don't know what that's like right yeah. so you, we don't get to see that in depth that we that as fans that necessarily hard sees and like they did they did put out that little post about why some of them weren't coming back it would have been nice to have a little tiny bit more transparency so I could transparency so I could wrap my brain around it yeah. but I do understand why they can't just go out and burn a player on social media like I get mm-hmm. that I, mean, I think as well like you hit the nail on the head it's, it's Steven's ass on the line so yeah. I mean, at the end of the day like I mean he's obviously worrying about his career and like if he gets sacked from here it's going to be a long way to come back so 
if he doesn't think a player is, is able, like he's, he has to do it as part of the job, so right? Last year was year number one, right? So you're not you are accountable, but you're not really accountable. Year number two, if you don't perform, you're accountable. Yeah, it's on your head. This so this is this year one, this is chance number one. Well guess what? Year two, it's going right to number three, right? So this is your third yeah, strike. I think that's why somebody like Rob Gale still has a job because like the rumors of what was happening in Valor. Oh yeah. The locker room completely divided and oh. players not showing up to training and all that other stuff. What? Oh big yeah. time, big time. It's it was it's like how does he have a job? Well the owner trusts him. And, yeah. and I mean I've I've been more critical of Steven than Derek over the last year. Um, Derek might have deserved some of my criticism that I gave to Steven, but at the end of the day, I trust. And if you don't have that, you're not gonna build a squad properly from top to bottom. And and it felt like that the, the there were certain players who had trust with certain players last year, who had trust with one coach, who had trust with another coach. And it just didn't feel like there was at a point at all last season where there was pure cohesion. Um, that really showed in the second half of the season, time. right? The road so trip. Right. So the road trip. you game road trip. road trip. And then as soon as they got back from that, that's when you really kind of saw some of that divide, some of the downfall, unfortunately. And a big part of that was Peter leaving. Yeah. Everybody and, forgets on the other end of that road trip, Peter, that was Peter's last game. Shout out to Duran Lee for trying his best. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. Duran did awesome. Did awesome. Yeah. Um, but also, there was a bit, you could see a bit of a divide, too, at the end of the Ottawa home match, yeah. right? So there was a bit of an incident oh. that, I mean, yeah. took place on the field, unfortunately. I think we all know what that incident um, was, but so, But, you know, there was, there was certain things there that happened, and you definitely saw divide between yeah. some players and, and, and the coach and stuff which is definitely a turning point for that player unfortunately right and it was also unfortunate too because I think it brought in some of that divide right so I it is what it is should have happened where it happened probably not but it's football emotions run run high especially after a well-fought game and it, it leads to certain things so um, I just want to say I, in terms of this uh, this process I, I had the thought earlier or, or last year I guess we're in 2020 now that this was like a three year a three year project that you know you had the first year that was we're kind of behind the eight ball a bit when they made all the signings um, and then you know we have this year I, I, I have a lot of confidence in where they're going I think it's looking good in terms of who they sign and uh, you know you, you assess how it goes this year and then you know you have year three to make those further adjustments and um, I think you know this year is looking pretty good in terms of the design I think Valor and Cavs are going to be a little surprised this year maybe in terms of and I think uh, what we're facing against the Wanderers and probably some other clubs too. Speaking of Calgary, though, like you look at how look at their process versus our process. Yeah, right. So Cal- Calgary used to be the foothills, and they basically brought in a huge chunk of that team for the CPL team. Uh, Edmonton had. Their own Edmonton, So they had the established academy, which they brought in. So you have certain teams like York, like when we chant, what do we chant? TFC rejects, right? Yeah. So shout out to the kitchen for that one. Okay, but that connection is something that like I think we're building, and hopefully we build in the future with the impact. Right, and so I think that. Yeah, you know, as you were saying, you know, they're, they're, our process is slightly different than what some of the other teams necessarily had in terms of bringing in players and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a three-legged. I agree, three years. Yeah, um, we're building a dynasty. Before, yeah, exactly. Before, before last year started, I didn't have any expectations for success. Obviously, I didn't think it was going to be. I shouldn't even say as bad as it was, but I didn't think we were going to be a last-place team. Well, even the spring season gave us this false sense of security with the fourth-place finish in spring. Yeah. Could have been a second. I was but like, man, smooth sailing right in the middle of the pack. Great. When you break it down, Forge had, I mean, they basically invented the league and they had all this other support. And then uh, Cavalry had the Foothills. Pacific, they built the Youth Academy from the start. So they have all these young under 21 players who are all, all played starting minutes last year. Uh, York's got the TFC Academy. Valor's got the big stadium. Edmonton's got the established academy. We're literally like, of all the clubs, the only one that's from scratch. Pop-up stadium, no academy, barely any coaching staff. It could have been, it should have been worse. Yeah, I, I, I would say they like, for, like, like over the whole season they never expressed themselves. 
themselves. They never got heavily yeah. beaten. Like, uh, no one no no yes. yes. They played yeah. their asses off and showed hurt that game. Yeah, and that's what I feel like. They were criticized. But there was like a couple of games, seven, eight, now like the like the heavy defeat. We never got. We never got anything like that. Which yeah. Yeah. I think that was like a really big big thing for us. I mean, at the end of the two ties against Forge. Well, yeah, and like, but the games against Ottawa, like they, like it was. And then we played against Cavalry too. Yeah. My dad, my dad went to both of the games against Cavalry here, and he was impressed both games. The nil nil. Yeah. We could have won three or four nil. I mean, we knew that there was an issue with scoring in front. Yeah. You know, when the game was over, we were all like, oh, no goals, but. When you break down the 90 minutes and all the phases of the field and everything, we put in a fantastic performance in that nil-nil. So I was the number one critic, and then on the other end of it, I was the first person to admit that I was wrong, too, because I rewatched some of those games on one soccer after the season was over, and I said to myself, wow, I was way too critical. Yeah, sure, we lost 2-1, but... This was good. This was good. This was good. This was good. So hopefully Stephen learns. Goal scorer is the hardest position to find. Yeah. So yeah. well, and I, I think that uh, really we had if you if you pull back and just kind of generalize about the league, it was a two tier league, yeah. and we were in tier two with four other clubs, and numerous times we played very well against the tier one teams. So I mean, when you look at it from that perspective. You know, we just had a big issue with chance conversion, basically. So, just just moving a little bit away from from that, like as we were talking about the CPL as a whole, how do you think that the CPL has done in a like, the, the way that they create the league, like the franchises they built, like where do you think they can improve, or do you think it's good the way it is? Like, I just like to get your like opinions on. Um, I'll start with Mike, and then Dan, I'll move to you. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have a great opinions on the on CPL in particular, but I think it all went really well. And, you know, the scheduling was an issue. Um, and uh, when you throw in the Canadian Championship on top of that, it sort of adds another level of woe. No, I think that, you know, the marketing was great. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the... Do you think that the uh, wood soccer, like, needs to improve? Like, obviously, that's, like, when away games that's what I think there are issues about you know rain on the screen and stuff like that yeah. <laughs> um, you know, overall I think it's great I think the commentary is great people give Kurt a hard time but I, I like Kurt and All right, well, uh, I, I, yeah, I think Kurt's essential to the whole you gotta have yeah. a heel Jess yeah. you gotta have a heel you know Kurt, Kurt likes to stir it up yeah you gotta I, have I, I like the fact that he's moved over to to one soccer which makes more sense to me than having him on the print side of campiel.ca like I have to say, like the quality of the the print stuff that the league site is doing now. Now that they've got John Molinaro yeah, running the show it was there, such a big signing for them. Yeah, so it's just, huge. Just, yeah, yeah, huge. So uh, you know, like Kurt just kind of you know dropping in these like contentious like you know one liners or whatever. He's got a sense it's of perfect humor. for TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, um, he's both dry and soaking wet sense of humor too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I'm with, I'm with Jess. Like I'm not a big fan of. What he says most of the time, I but I love that he has that personality. You need that personality. So, Denton, what did you what do you think? Yeah, the CPL as a whole, how they've done the, what the, the job they've done. Uh, the CPL as a whole, I mean, I, don't, I think we're all in agreement that the quality has been good. Uh, I think we can also agree that. You know, they're obviously trying to work on expansion teams. Uh, they're obviously, like, with the way that the Canadian Championship schedule is going in for 2020, it's very apparent that they're aware of their uh, shortcomings and that they are definitely, you know, improving on those things. Uh, their uh, marketing game is good. The one thing I'm still worried about, though, is... I, I feel like we're not seeing quite enough fans. I mean, you know, this was supposed to be the return of FC Edmonton, and they've yeah. actually lost fans yeah. since 2017. Yeah. Like, York 9 is was supposed to harness the entire power of Toronto that wasn't in the downtown core, and it seems like the word just isn't getting out. Um, you know, I, I mean, honestly, like, you know, Cap Cavalry was going, like, almost undefeated especially at home uh you know you if if i if i can be snarky about calgary you know wh when has it ever been against them to jump onto a bandwagon <laughs> uh you know like i mean like you know they haven't been bad and i'm sure they're all looking at three-year plans and five-year plans uh i really 
like what I'm really worried about and hoping is that the individual attendance numbers uh, all find a way to come up. So, so what so what do you think is um, Halifax's magic spell to get? Because obviously they should be all looking at like I mean. As you said, they're big cities. Yeah. What's Halifax doing that these guys aren't? Uh, well, okay. It is, of course, our, our unbridled passion for the game and all that. But if there's something else, uh, you know, a lot has to be said in favor of the fact that we found the right location and plunked a stadium into it. Um, like I said, like, Calvary should be getting a lot of fans, but Spruce Meadows, it, I don't think it's even technically within Calgary municipal limits. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's way on the south oh, end. Wow, okay. uh, well, that's what they were saying. It would be like if, if yeah. York 9 played at Woodbine. <laughs> wow. It's literally like nowhere near the city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as it stands, there's one other club in the 17 league that has a stadium in a reasonably central location, and that's Forge. Yeah, that's in Hamilton. It's a big city. That's awesome, too, right? Like, like, like watching. Like four thousand people, you know how many seats they have? Yeah, it's it's not as awesome as that packed feeling that we get at Warner's Grounds for sure. Yeah. But there, there, you know, there, there's some pluses to being in a really like well built up facility yeah. too. They're and if they've sure. got the facility, you know, I'm not going to begrudge them the chance to use it. Yeah. But you know, this is also talking about the uh, CPL's ability to learn from these things. One thing that's become a huge sticking point whenever you talk to the commissioner about expansion is we need. To to make sure we find the right stadium. I think that's what they're learning from as well, that there might have been a couple of uh, potential ownership groups that said, oh, well, we can just, you know, use this university stadium yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. And perhaps it was looking at Halifax's success that kind of encouraged them to put the brakes on it and say, see what you can do that's tailored more towards the city. And I, I hope they do that. your smile bring me laughter all the while in this world where we live there should be more happiness so much joy you can give to each brand new bright tomorrow make me happy through the years never bring You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast. Part two of our Wanderer special will be available on Tuesday. I really want to thank all my guests this week for helping out. It was a lot of fun. Also want to thank everybody who listens to the show. I really appreciate all the support. You can check us out on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. So until next week, cheers. Cheers.